Before I get started on today's CSG podcast, I would like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines. Uh, they're located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee, beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, right smack dab in the middle of the dairy block, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field. Um, I was at Blanchard this weekend, uh, went up and was able to enjoy, uh, actually they're, they're right now, their 2017 Cabernet is excellent. It is really, really good. So if you're, if you're like me and you love Cabernet, uh, it is absolutely, I, I recommend it to the highest extent. Get it now while it's still there. Uh, go in and ask for the fire Cabernet because it is absolutely exquisite. I loved it. Um, and you know what? I love all their wines at Blanchard Family Wines. And in fact, I had a nice uh, plate of charcuterie, which is a, it was like selection of meats and cheeses. There was, uh, I had some Gouda that really went well with it. And I know all of you were listening to this thinking like, oh God, what a snob. But it is a really, really great place to enjoy the vibe and atmosphere of lower downtown uh, in a great um, area like the Dairy Block and just experience whatever it is that... Um, you want to experience when you have wine. Uh, I had a ton of fun again. Once again, they are on Facebook and Instagram. They are located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Courtsfield. I may be having some giveaways here um, centered around Blanchard soon, so stay in touch with that, and I will be announcing that on both here and Twitter and on the CSG Facebook. So anyway... Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um, we are going to be talking about one specific, two specific things, but they kind of go hand in hand today. The Nuggets beat uh, the uh, Memphis Grizzlies 131 to 114. And... Uh, the first thing that jumps out at you, if you haven't watched the game, so if you're just looking at the box score, the first thing that jumps out at you is the Nuggets scored 131 points. That is the very first thing that will leap out at you because this team has been so slow, so plodding, so stuck in molasses, um, and it's been by design. And this team right now has needed a kick in the um, and I believe the loss to the Atlanta Hawks and the first half um, they played against uh, the Brooklyn Nets was the sufficient kick in the rear end that they needed to kind of get them to another place, maybe have some realizations that they have been struggling with. Um, and I'm going to talk about specifically two of these things. And one of them happened by accident, but one of them I think was very deliberate. Um, the Nuggets started this game against the Memphis Grizzlies, and uh, they gave up 32 points to a team, I mean, that plays fast, um, like the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, the Nuggets scored 28. But it was really kind of, uh, the Nuggets were generally scoring with ease. But it was faster, and generally I put that up to the other team playing fast. Well, I think a light switch went on above Michael Malone's head. I really do. I think there was a eureka moment that he had where he understood that this team is best when they play with pace. 
Um, that doesn't mean you're the Paul Westhead Nuggets, but this league encourages you, due to the rules, to have spacing and play fast. Um, a lot of what, a lot of, there's a flock of Canadian geese flying over by me. Okay. Um, there is, the, the rules in this league, the modern league, encourage you to play with pace. They want you to have spacing, play with pace, um, shoot threes, shoot above the break threes, shoot threes with, you know, only 10 seconds going on the clock, uh, increase your possessions. That is the way the league is right now. And the Nuggets have been playing in a way that I wouldn't say is retro, but, I mean, it looked like the Nuggets aren't playing as slow as, say, the 1997 Miami Heat or anything like that. Uh, but they are playing, in a, for the modern era, extremely deliberate. And that is, just due to the rules, that is hard to sustain. It just is, you can't sustain that. And... I think it was becoming clear with the Nuggets' difficulty of scoring and their inability to get easy buckets that the light bulb kind of went on over Michael Malone's head. And they, in the second quarter, took a four-point deficit and turned it into a 26-point leave in the blink of an eye. It was... It was absolutely stunning, and it was spurred on by the bench unit, which has been a problem all year. But I think finally, finally, Malone learned that you need to play with some pace. And that, and coupled with not playing, you know, the combination of Mason Plumley, Jeremy Grant, and uh, Torrey Craig in the same lineup, I think that finally unlocked this Nuggets team because what I saw was the best quarter in that third quarter was the best quarter of basketball uh, excuse me that second quarter was the best quarter of basketball this Nuggets team has played all year period I mean you can't even dispute it they played well against Miami but this was different this was this was fun basketball this was exciting. It reminded me of the 2016-17 season when the Nuggets were basically an unstoppable offense. Uh, after Jokic was the starter, the official starter on December 15th, they, they became a much better offensive team. The defense suffered. But what was key in this is there, there were a couple lineups that were really unlocked. One of them... Mason Plumley, Monty Morris, um, I think it was Wancho, uh, Michael Porter Jr., and Jeremy Grant that really began the momentum. That really just kind of put put on the put on a show is really what it was, and the Nuggets like accelerated, and uh, you could tell that the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, who play fast now, which is weird to say. Um, couldn't keep up with. They just couldn't. Um, but it was a lineup that they discovered, maybe not discovered, but when Malone kind of was juggling a bit, you could tell, because of that lineup of, of Plumley, Grant, uh, Monte Morris, MPJ, and uh, Wancho played a long time together uh, during that stretch. When he put in Jokic and Murray, and left Wancho 
uh, Michael Porter Jr. and Grant out there, that lineup just killed. And it was long, it was athletic, it was fire. And it was, I told a a media friend of mine today that the entire time that lineup was out there, I was making, um, some of you are familiar with office space, I was making the O face, okay? The entire time. It was just amazing. And it was it was stunning. I mean, it is now the Nuggets are nine and three, so there's twelve games in. It took the Nuggets twelve games to start the year to basically one eighth of the year to get to where they understood that they needed to play with pace. But more importantly, Jokic, Murray, Wancho, MPJ, Jeremy Grant could potentially be a death lineup for the Nuggets. Uh, Grant, 6'9". Jokic, 6'11". MPJ, 6'10". Wancho, 6'9". The shortest person was the 6'2", 3", Jamal Murray. Okay? And that lineup was just amazing. Amazing. And I don't have the data to back it up. There's going to be some people like, well, it only did this. No. Look. You see that lineup, you see what it could do, and you can't help but start to drool. And to me, that is the Nuggets' death lineup. Because Wancho's energy has uh, translated. He hasn't played what I would call amazing basketball, but I think sometimes just having someone out there who is uh, bouncy and full of energy helps. And Wancho, if, if Wancho is anything... You know, he is bouncy and full of energy. It may not always translate, but he really is. And there are, there are like, moments where you could see how well that will work. See, with Michael Porter Jr., when he was in there with Plumlee and, and Monty Morris in that lineup, he had two great blocks, two great blocks, trailing blocks, too. And you could see how long he is. I mean, I think people forgot how long Michael Porter Jr. is. I mean, he's six foot ten. He's kind of wiry, but his arms are just enormously long, and his length just, you could tell, bothered the Memphis Grizzlies. It just bothered them, and then you, like, have, certainly have Jonas Valanciunas throwing passes over his head, and you knew that that's where, that's the moment where I'm like, oh, yeah, the, the Grizzlies are toast, and even the fabled Ja Morant couldn't get really anything going against the Nuggets. Uh, Jamal Murray had 39 points. Could have had 50, I mean, but he pl- didn't play the entire fourth quarter. Um, Jokic did not play the entire fourth quarter. Um, now, if I'm going to do the compliment sandwich, uh, which I haven't really done here, but if I'm going to like include one negative aspect is I really didn't like Malone complaining and benching people based on a 30-point lead in the fourth quarter against a, a subpar team. I just I don't like it. Uh, he did that against Miami, and I complained about it then, and I'm going to complain about it now. Don't suck the fun out of this team. And this team needs fun. You could tell they're not have, they were not having fun in any game this year, even the Miami game. This game, they had fun most of the game. Don't go out there and start benching people and start doing all that when you are up by 30 with six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Don't do it. You're not making a, 
a point that's going to be anything but detrimental. Uh, when you're up by 30, it's easy to let things go, right? And if some people have defensive lapses, they have defensive lapses. And that's a, that's a teachable moment that you can have in practice. But to make a huge point of it when you're in a 30-point blowout victory or that ended up being all oh, 17 points, I mean, what does it matter? Honestly, what does that matter? And I think, look, people can talk about the details. They can talk about things like that. The problem is if you get into a situation where even fun on a game where you blow someone out by that much, where you let that thing override everything, uh, the team stops having any sort of fun. Now, look, I understand the details matter. I do. But Malone, I think, sometimes gets caught up in points allowed equals bad defense. That's not the way the NBA defense works anymore. Hasn't worked that way for years. Basically since 2010. Right? It's been, it's completely different. Defense and the concept of defense has changed. It's not about allowing points. It's about playing good defense when it matters. And in that second quarter and parts of that third quarter, the Nuggets played defense when it mattered. And they played it really well. And he should focus on that, in my opinion. Focus on the times you did play that defense when it mattered. You put the clamps down on the team and you didn't let them up, basically. The Nuggets still won by 17. And you get to a point where the refs start calling, you know, fouls on you that you don't think are fouls um, because you are up by <laughs> so much. It's just, it, it is what it is. That's the NBA. But I think to make an example of that in the fourth quarter of a blowout game is not something that I, it's don't suck the fun out of the game. Uh, and I think Malone is very much on the edge of doing that at times. Uh, and I think sometimes I just think, you know what, man, relax. Uh, especially when your team plays that well and had did, done it in such a great way for the game. I mean, even in the fourth quarter, they were up by 30 with six minutes to go. I mean, sometimes it's forced for the trees point. Sometimes it is. You're not going to blow every team out. And the Nuggets did, and I think we should all take home some great lessons from that, which is primarily the Nuggets played with pace, and they played really well. And they've probably unlocked their death lineup of the future with Michael Porter Jr., Jeremy Grant, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, and Wancho. Just saying. All right, thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSU Network. I will be talking to you soon. Goodbye.